for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. All right, the title of today's message is going to be up on the screen. It's also on your notes. It's a pretty lengthy title. But guys, all of these words that I'm about to say are in three verses in Acts 4. So I'm just going straight off the scripture with this title, which is always a good idea to do. So here's the title. Boldness, healings, signs, wonders, shakings, infillings, and boldness. You're like, Kyle, you already said boldness. But Acts 4, 29-31, it starts with boldness and it ends with boldness. So I'm just doing what the Bible says. Boldness, healing, signs, wonders, shakings, infillings, and boldness. So how did I get to this message today? Why am I sharing this with you? Well, about a month ago, on June 25th, I gave a sermon on the working of miracles, that uh, spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit gives to certain people at certain times to work miracles. I gave that sermon, and one of the action steps for that sermon was to actually read the book of Acts with a childlike heart of faith and believe that what God did in the book of Acts, he could actually do through our little hands in the here and now today in 2023 Lakeway. So I took my own advice from my sermon, and I started reading Acts chapter 4 with a childlike heart of faith. Guys, and I am blown away by the Bible all over again. I've only gotten it, I've only gotten through four chapters in about a month because that's how rich it is. But I came to chapter four of the last week or two and it's been so impacting me. I'm like, I just want to read the chapter to you guys and bring out some things that I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me as I was reading through it. So that's what we're going to do right now. And just so you know, it's always a good idea good idea to follow the action steps of the pastor, because we believe the Holy Spirit has given us these action steps to solidify the revelations that he has given through his word. And I'm speaking to myself, I need these action steps. That's why I did them, because I'm not consistently seeing the working of miracles through my life. I'm not. And I think if we're all honest, we would all want to see more miracles worked through our lives. And so I'm as weak, probably weaker than all of you. I was actually thinking about this a few weeks ago. I think God chose the pastors and the leaders of the church as the weakest people because we need it the most. He keeps us in the Word so much because we have to give you messages. But it's really because we're so weak and we need Him so much. He chose us the least of all because we need Him probably a lot. We all need Him, right? A lot, 100%. But I feel the weakest among you guys, and I need him the most. And so he's given me these revelations to give to you guys, but I need him first, too. Yeah. So that's why I follow my own advice, because I want to see the working of miracles through my life, and I want to see it through the hands and hearts of the life of this church. So let's read Acts chapter 4. Hopefully, all of you have the notes by now. So we're just going to read through this, through verse 31. There's a few more verses after that that are really good, but we're going to read through it, and then after that, I'm going to bring out some points, and then we're going to pray together at the end. All right, Acts 4, 1 through 31. Now, as Peter and John spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. 
being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid their hands on them and put them in prison until the next day, for it was already evening. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word believed. It was too late. And the number of men who believed came to be about 5,000 at that time. Verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set Peter and John in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this creative miracle? Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, I'm going to say by him, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is Jesus, the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. That from now on, they speak to no man in this name, the name of Jesus. You turn over the page. Verse 18. So they called them in and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sir. Who's seen and heard a lot from God? That's all you got to do. <laughs> so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was performed. That's in Acts chapter 3. Guys, this man was over 40 years old. For 40 years, he was outside of the temple with no strength in his legs. He literally, this is how he moved for 40 years. Zero muscle, zero strength. He could not walk. And all he did was beg. For 40 years, they saw him. This is all he could do. And then, what's the next scene? He's running, leaping, dancing, praising God, going to prayer in the temple. 
No wonder they couldn't do anything to him. Verse 23. <laughs> and being let go, Peter and John, they went to their own companions, their friends in the faith, and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, they started a prayer meeting. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? Verse 26, the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together in one accord to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, verse 29, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, <laughs> what happened? The place where they were assembled together was shaken violently from heaven. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Come on. Sometimes you just got to hear the word and let it wash over you. Sometimes as in every day. <laughs> All right. Let's go back and look at a couple of verses before we get to this end where we're going to pray together as a church family. So we'll start with Acts 4 2. I'm going to bring out about seven, eight, nine verses before we get to that final prayer time. Acts 4.2, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, basically the rulers of Jerusalem, spiritual and political rulers, came together, verse 2, being greatly disturbed. I would say greatly disturbed. They were greatly disturbed that Peter and John taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Let me ask you this. Think about your life. How many people, mainly this would be ungodly people, how many ungodly people around you are greatly disturbed by your life? Not enough. Not enough. No, for real. Are the ungodly leaders of your workplace, your city, your state, and your nation greatly disturbed at your life? This is a really good thing when the ungodly people are greatly disturbed at our words and our actions. Not enough. Thank you. Do your words and your actions cause a great disturbance and annoyance in the enemy's camp? When you get up in the morning, is the devil truly afraid? Or is he like, I got this one. He's quiet. He's comfortable. He's living the American dream. He's not really doing much. Yeah, he goes to prayer meetings. Yeah, he goes to church, but he's afraid. And he doesn't speak up when he's supposed to. Guys, I want the ungodly rulers in this nation to be greatly disturbed in my life. I want to be censored on social media. I want to be worried that I might be thrown in jail next week. I want to shout out Temecula, California. Their school district, three of their leaders said no to the ungodly curriculum 
from Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom is greatly disturbed at the godliness of this school district in Temecula. I want that. Thankfully, we have a great state in Texas that's mainly righteous and godly. So maybe if we were in California, we'd be causing a little bit more of a disturbance. But still, this needs to be the case. Amen? All right, let's look at Acts 4.4. So they were thrown in prison in Acts 4.3. So the next verse, it says, However, <laughs> however, many of those who heard the word from Peter and John just a few minutes before believed. And the number of men who believed came to be about 5,000. I love this. So in verse 3, Peter and John throw in prison. However, what does this tell us? What does this verse tell us? Ungodly rulers may be able to throw us in prison, yea, may be able to take our very lives. But guess what? If we've spoken the word of God in faith, with anointing and power and conviction, it's too late. It's too late. The word never returns void. If you speak the word in faith and love and power, it's too late for the enemy. And he's going to retaliate when you do it. But guess what? It's too late. It was too late then. It's going to be too late now. <laughs> they may be able to throw you in prison for preaching the word of God, but they can never imprison God's word. So it says in 2 Timothy, God's word is not chained, nor will it ever be. Will be. They can never imprison God's word itself. Guys, our words and our prayers, even from a jail cell, have the ability to transcend that jail cell. Our words and our prayers can transcend chains, walls, and even time itself. Guys, I'm living in the prayers, the little words from a granddad who went to be with Jesus 20 years ago. His prayers are alive. And I'm walking in it. There's the wind at my back. They transcend time itself. How much more chains and concrete gel cells. All right, let's look at Acts 4.12. Guys, Acts 4.12. I want everyone to say it. Get in your spirit. Acts 4.12. This is such a key verse. If you're a parent, I encourage you to... Have your children memorize this verse. You memorize it first, and then have your children memorize it. Guys, this one verse throws out every other world religion <laughs> and every other demonic ideology. It throws out every other pathway and door to heaven. This one verse also rules out every cult. You want to know how some, something's a cult? Something about the, either the deity or the humanity of Jesus is challenged. It's not the authentic name of Jesus being preached. They either cut down his divinity or they cut down his fully, he was fully human. God was, or Jesus was fully God and fully man. That's how you identify a cult, mainly. Guys, this one verse destroys the coexist bumper sticker. It incinerates it. Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name. I love that phrase. No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is simple. 
So many people caught in the new age and all the other ideologies. It's complex. It's complicated. You've got to do all these things, jump through all these hoops. Christianity is Jesus. It's one name. Jesus, I love you. Help me. And he helps you. <laughs> Instead of calling on, what is it, 300 million gods in Hinduism? The closest you tell us. That's so complicated. <laughs> Guys, I love this verse. Memorize it. Acts 4.12. It throws out every other pathway to heaven other than the pure name of Jesus. Fully God, fully man. All right, next verse. Acts 4.13. Now when the rulers saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, and untrained men, they marveled. <laughs> and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Do you get what's going on in this verse? <laughs> Guys, this levels the playing field for every single believer. How do you get qualified to be an effective witness? Be with Jesus. Everyone can open their Bible and start talking to God about his word. Everyone can come to the prayer room and love on Jesus or love on him in your car or your prayer closet. Everyone can simply be with Jesus through the blood. You are one word away from just being with the felt presence and nearness of Jesus. Even just saying his name, you're with him. That qualifies you, Jack. That qualifies you to be with Jesus. You don't have to go to a Bible school. You're with him. That's why you're effective. Be with Jesus. Guys, this doesn't throw out a formal biblical education. That's really good. It's just not what ultimately qualifies us to be effective witnesses for Jesus. How do we be with Jesus? I've said it. Simple prayer, talking to him. Simple worship, <laughs> singing to him. Simple Bible meditation. We could all do that. It's what qualifies us to receive the boldness and the anointing. Do your words cut people's heart, or do they fall short? I challenge you, if, you're, if you spend more time with Jesus, your words will cut more. They will cut people's hearts in a really good way and do surgery on their hearts. You've got to be with Jesus. You've got to reject all the other avenues and all the other distractions. Boldness, anointing, power to be wildly effective for the gospel. Sit with him and you will be effective. So guys, what qualifies us? Being with Jesus. Let me ask you again. What qualifies us? Being with Jesus. Amen. Next verse, 414. And seeing the man who had been healed standing, look at that word standing. Look, let's get on the screen. Standing with them. They could say nothing against it. The man who crawled around with no muscles in his legs for 40 years, over 40 years, was now standing with them with perfect leg muscles. You can't argue with a changed life. This is what this verse tells us. The best testimony is a changed life. No man, no devil can argue with the inward and the outward transformation that only Jesus can do to your inward life and oftentimes your outward life. You're going to look brighter and better after Jesus. <laughs> Unless you say yes to him and then you get your head chopped off. 
Then you don't have enough time to look down. But I'm sure you're shining as you're getting your head chopped off. No, you will. Just like <laughs> Stephen in Acts 7. <laughs> Guys, a changed life is the best testimony. No one can argue with that. And no one can take that away from you. He's standing there. Guys, picture on the left. That's me at 21. That's me at 21 in 2011. This is me 12 years later. I look younger now. Yeah, I got some wrinkles because of data three. And, but what I, st- I, think I, st- I think I look younger now. That's not because me. I, when I was running my life, I, was, I had no light in my eyes. Darkness filled me. And I was on death's door. And then Jesus came in. And he changed everything. Jesus, you change everything. That's real. And no one can argue with that fact. <laughs> so 21, that's me running my life. 33, that's Jesus running my life. There's a difference. <laughs> and it's real. And no one can argue with it. And no one can take it away from me. All right. Acts 4.16. What shall we do to these men? They said, for indeed, that a notable miracle, everyone say, notable miracle. (laughs) For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident or clear or seen to all who dwell in Jerusalem. All, every resident of Jerusalem, it was clear that a notable miracle had been done to this man who was 40 years an invalid. And we cannot deny it. What does this verse tell us? Well, it tells me, as a prayer room leader, I need to pray for notable miracles. I know a guy in high school, he's out of high school now, but similar to the invalid man of 40 years, he was confined to a wheelchair. If that guy got out of the wheelchair, was completely whole and could speak normally, that would be a notable city-shaking miracle to all those students, all those teachers, this whole community who knew him, this precious young man. We desperately need notable miracles that will be evident or clear to an entire community or region. Guys, I was challenged this week to believe God that he could heal autism. There are real people, believers, kids even that have autism, Imagine if God completely changed their chemistry in their body, would heal whatever vaccine injury or whatever caused that. Imagine God healing autism. And then they have perfect social skills. Perfect, not perfect, no one has perfect social skills. But they have healed social skills and healed ability to communicate. That would be a notable city-shaking miracle. What do these do? They bring about revival. Plain and simple. It happened back then. It's going to happen again. (laughs) Biblical pattern, biblical power. Biblical pattern, notable miracle, biblical power. An entire city effective positively for the gospel. Guys, I believe these notable city-shaking miracles will be the vehicles that will rapidly grow the church and bring about the great end-time harvest that has been prophesied by the Bible and by many Modern prophetic voices. Guys, we need it. Ask for it. Believe it. For notable miracles. All right. Let's skip 
the slide. So go two slides over. Acts 4, 23 through 24. And being let go, Peter and John went to their own companions, their believing friends, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, they started talking to God together. (laughs) What was the believer's first response to persecution and these impending threats against their life? It wasn't sorrow. It wasn't despair. It wasn't outrage. It wasn't running in fear. It wasn't posting on social media on how bad the rulers were. No. Their knee-jerk reaction, the early church's knee-jerk reaction to persecution was unified prayer. (laughs) Unified prayer, talking to the God who owns heaven, earth, the sea, and everything in them. The God who ultimately has sovereign control over everything in the universe. They talked to him about it. May our response in the days to come be the same. If one of y'all gets threatened, don't go posting about it. Don't go home and start crying with a pity party. Come pray with us. And we can talk to the only one who can actually change the situation for his glory and even our best. Talk to the God who owns heaven, meaning the spiritual realm. He owns the earth. He owns every human. And he owns the sea, everything under the earth. Knee-jerk reaction, unified prayer. Let it be so, Lord. All right, Acts 4.29. Here's a little part of that unified prayer. They said this, Now, Lord, look on their threats. They had threatened them twice severely in Acts 4 with their words. And grant to your servants. What is grant? It's a gift. It's a gift from heaven. A grant is a gift. Gift from heaven to your servants that with all boldness, I would say all, all boldness, they may speak your word. The believer's prayer in the face of imprisonment and death was not for safety or bodily deliverance. That would be a lot of our first reaction. Lord, just deliver us, hide us. Let us kind of go quietly away into the night. Let us let them forget about it. No! They didn't ask for an easier, more comfortable life. No, they asked God for all boldness to continue to speak his word in the name of Jesus. They said, let us roar louder still. That was their prayer. (laughs) Their prayer was essentially to not give in to the intimidation tactics of the rulers and the spiritual forces behind those rulers that wanted primarily, all they wanted was to shut them up. That's what the enemy always wants for you to stop talking about God and stop praying to God. He just wants to take your tongue out or maybe put a mask over all of humanity. Intimidation tactics. Don't talk. Stay six feet away. That's Satan. And he still wants to do it. He's going to try to get you to stop talking. No one wants to hear your voice. That's what the enemy's saying. You don't have something to say. Your words really don't matter. Just stop talking. You can talk about sports. You can talk about all the other stuff. Just don't talk about Jesus. Because no one's changed when you talk about Jesus. No hearts are moved. It really doesn't make a difference. 
That's Satan. That's all he wants to do is shut you up. If he gets you to stop talking about God and his goodness and miracles and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he's won. But he's not going to win. He didn't shut you up, Preston. At some university that I won't name, he did not shut you up. You would lead people to Jesus in your ungodly doctor's office. It wasn't ungodly because you were there. It was ungodly because of the system. Look at this phrase, all boldness. Guys, I want you to close your eyes right now. I was meditating on this, these two words, all boldness. Close your eyes and imagine being filled with all boldness. What would that look like? Every cell of your being being full of faith and courage and not one ounce in your body or soul or spirit, not one shred of fear, completely consumed with boldness and courage. Not one shred, not one ounce of fear, timidity, uncertainty. Imagine this, all boldness. This is what this prayer is for. What would happen if we were all filled with all boldness? We would see mountains move. Jesus said, if you have faith and do not doubt, when you pray believing, you will see the answer. I think the only way we don't see answers is we have a, a little shred of doubt, a little shred of fear. If we were completely filled with faith, we would see miracles a lot more. So let's pray for it. Let's pray for all boldness, all courage, for every ounce and shred of fear, timidity, uncertainty to be eradicated from our spirits. Acts 4.30. Worship team, you can come up. Continuing the prayer. They pray this. They said, fill us with all boldness to speak your word by stretching out your hand from heaven to heal humanity. Heal real human beings. And they pray that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Guys, simply healings, physical healings. Y'all just experienced a miracle in your family. What do physical healings do? What do signs and wonders do? They confirm God's word. They say the Bible is true and God is not a liar. And healings, signs, wonders release boldness to God's people to continue to speak to others in Jesus' name. I want to submit to you, it's right to pray for signs. It's right to pray for wonders. It's right to say, God, stretch out your hand and heal this broken person. It's right to ask God to do what he already wants to do, which is to release healings. Signs, wonders. Brooke, can I get you to bring this sign up here, or bring this banner? You can pick it up and stand behind it. You can stand right here holding it like this. Oh, it's got some tassels. Is that harder to walk in than your wedding dress? <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah, you can even hold it up above your beautiful face because this is the point. Guys, the headwaters or the source, the spring of all true healings, 
all true signs and wonders, according to this verse, is the name or the person, the presence of Jesus. Look, it says that signs and wonders may be done through the name of Peter and John. No, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The headwaters, the source, that spring on the side of the mountain that eventually flows into the Atlantic Ocean of healing signs and wonders is the heart and hands of Jesus. That's the source of every miracle, of every healing, of every sign, of every wonder. They all flow through his heart and hands. That's why I had you cover your face, because it's not about Brooke. It's about the heart of the lion and the name of Jesus. So catch this. This is what the Lord showed me as I was meditating on these verses. If we welcome his name into our homes or this church, if we invite his name to be established, if we can say, Jesus, make your home here, guess what? Healings, signs, and wonders will naturally flow in that place, whether it be your home or your church. I chose that word very on purpose, naturally. It's a supernatural thing, but guess what? Healing signs and wonders are natural for Jesus. <laughs> they're part of his natural life, and they should be part of the natural life of a supernatural believer. Yes, they're supernatural, but they should be natural for us. They should be easy for us. Healing signs and wonders are easy for Jesus. They should be easy for us. So if we welcome and establish his name in a place, guess what? It's going to be easy and natural for these things to flow. The Lord showed me, you see that Stoke Sign Company? That's a real sign company about half a mile down the road. I looked on their website. They have over 30 different types of materials that they make signs with. Unlimited colors, unlimited fonts, unlimited graphics. There are millions of types of signs that that little building can produce. Thank you, Brooke. Millions of different types of signs that that sign factory can produce. The Lord showed me, he said, if you welcome my name and my name is established in a geographical place, that place could become a sign factory. A sign factory. Could you imagine this place, instead of being River in the Hills Church, but being a heavenly Jesus sign factory, where we pump out thousands of signs a day through our prayers and through our hands and through our love. And how you're impacted by a sign is, is different than me. The Lord knows what I need to be impacted, to be pointed back to him. Signs point you to a different direction. They point you to heaven. That's why there's millions of different types of ways that God could use a sign to speak to each individual person in their own language. Would you pray with me that this church would become a sign factory, that your heart, that your hands would become a sign factory, that you just say a simple sentence and they're like, that's just what I was thinking. That's a sign. Who do you know? The possibilities are unlimited. Colors, graphics, materials. In the spirit, God can do it. How does it happen? Through his name. If we say, Jesus, come, make your home here, signs will follow those who believe. What's the result? What's the result of this two-verse prayer? <laughs> There's more verses, but the two verses we looked at. <laughs> What's the result? It'll be up on the screen. And when they had prayed, not when they had a strategy business meeting, not when they had to figure out how to become more safe. No, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. 
from the outside in, from heaven, like the actual building shook, like an earthquake. And they were all filled. Every single person who was praying was filled. Not one person was left out. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the result of that infilling? They spoke the word of God with boldness. There's a second boldness. All boldness and ending with boldness. Those are the results of this unified prayer. A supernatural shaking of the building. Which was a spiritual metaphor of the shaking that the Lord was doing in their internal life, I believe. Shaking off the chaff, the dross, the sin, the impurities, the compromise. When God shakes you, it's a really good thing. Because he shakes everything that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken would remain. That's the things of the kingdom. It's really good to pray for a shaking of your own heart. So that all the impurities would fall away. All the chaff, all the dross would be eviscerated in the name of Jesus. You go to the next slide. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, i got to bring this out. This was a flesh infilling of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4, if you read it closely, this is the third time they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people, a lot of believers that believe you can only be filled once. No, you can get filled as often as the Lord wants to fill you and as often as you position yourself to be filled. Jesus breathed on the apostles in John 20. They received the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 4, it literally says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the third time they were filled with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And what was the result of that? They were filled with boldness to speak God's word, with no fear, no intimidation. No shred of timidity in them. So what are we going to do now? We're going to activate. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> that was like a viral video. No, for real, we're going to activate ourselves in this prayer. I want you guys to stand up. How are we going to activate? We're going to gather in groups of three to five. I encourage you right now, gather in groups of three to five. And in that group, designate two prayer leaders. Groups of three to five have two people volunteer to pray out loud. You're not going to pray on the mic. You're going to pray with your group. Groups of three to five right now gather together. Designate two prayer leaders. How is the kingdom of God activated? The kingdom of God is activated through united prayer. The kingdom of God is is activated through united prayer. So gather in groups of three to five. Y'all doing that? The first person praying, I can have the music come down a little bit so they can hear. The first person praying in your group of three to five is going to pray over every single other person in the group, including yourself. You're going to pray these two verses. We're not making up a prayer. We're praying what they prayed in Acts 4, 29 through 30. So the first person pray pray these verses, these realities that we just went over, over every single person in your group. And then the second person, once that person is done praying, the second person is going to pray is going to pray it over the church at large, over River in the Hills and even the regional church of Lake Travis and Austin. Pray these realities over every believer in this church and everyone within a 30-mile radius of here. Pray these realities. I need two bold people to pray within each group. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. 
To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.